لَوْمَا تَأْتِينَا They say, why do you not bring us? بِالْمَلَائِكَةِ with the angels. إِنْ كُنْتَ مِنَ الصَّادِقِينَ If you should be among the truthful. Meaning you claim to be a prophet of God. You claim that the hereafter is you know, real. Then why don't you show us an angel? It's amazing. On the one hand, they call him crazy. And on the other hand, they are asking him to bring an angel. Has any human being ever shown angels to people? So then who's crazy here? Making unrealistic demands from a human being. He never said that I can show you this, I can do this, I have this power, I have that power. He simply warned the people. But the people, they started making demands from him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مَا نُنَزِّلُ الْمَلَائِكَةَ We do not send down the angels إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ Except with truth. The angels only come for a purpose. For a reason. They're not sitting idle who have all the time in the world to go and do the things that people want them to do. No. The angels are Allah's servants who are given tasks to perform by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is so beautiful that even though there are so many angels and each angel is assigned his tasks, yet Allah does not send them for no reason. No action of the angels is useless. And here we need to think about ourselves. What do we do? Randomly going here, going there, checking this, checking that, reading this, reading that, wasting our lives. Really? Is our time that useless? The breaths, that the moments that Allah has given us to live, are they that cheap that we can waste them? You know, the other day I was um, looking at somebody's profile on Twitter. Okay, not profile, but you know the small description that they gave? My husband's. Okay. I just wanted to see what he had written about himself. He had written, ask a better question, live a better life. I was like, wow. That just, you know, was a slap across, you know, any person's face who's trying to figure out who he is. Go ask a better question. Don't try to find out who I am. Whoever I am, I am. And live a better life. This is what we do. We waste our lives asking useless questions. Who is she and who is he and how old is she and how old is he? Who is he married to? How many children do they have? What kind of life do they live? What house do they live in? Is it paid off? Is it taken on mortgage? You know, things that have nothing to do with us. We're wasting our lives. The angels, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not send them unnecessarily. If He sent even a thousand angels, it would not affect the work that the angels are doing. Why? Because there are so many of them. You know, it's like if a thousand people take off from work all of a sudden, then what would happen? Everything would come to a standstill. But the going away of some of the angels will not affect. Why? Because there are so many of them. And Allah does not need the angels even. But yet Allah does not send them without a just reason. مَا نُنَزِّلُ الْمَلَائِكَةَ إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ بِالْحَقِّ And حق over here also means for the fulfillment of Allah's promise. The promise which is true. And what is that? Of punishment. So you want the angels to come? Okay, when they come, they will bring the truth, meaning they will bring the punishment. Are you ready for that? وَمَا كَانُوا إِذَا And the disbelievers would not then be reprieved. Meaning then they're not going to be given a chance. They're not going to be delayed. إِنَّا نَحْنُ نَزَّلْنَا الذِّكْرَ 
Allah says, Indeed, it is we who have sent down the reminder. Allah has sent this reminder. He has sent this Qur'an. وَإِنَّا لَهُ لَحَافِظُونَ And indeed, we will be its guardian. We will preserve and protect the Qur'an. No matter how much people refuse it, no matter how much people oppose it, no matter how much people denounce it, even if they go and ban it, still Allah is going to preserve the Qur'an. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserved the very revelation of the Qur'an. Such that when the Qur'an was being revealed, the shayateen, they could come nowhere near the heaven, the, the sky. Because the shayateen, inshallah, we will learn about in the following verses, that how they go up to the skies in order to listen to the conversations of the angels. So that they can find out about what's going on, what's going to happen in the future. But at the time when Qur'an was being revealed, any shaytan that went even near what happened that it was pelted with stones, it was pelted with shooting stars, with fire, a ball of fire that would kill it. So the shayateen, they couldn't even come near the heavens when the Qur'an was being revealed. Because Allah preserved the very revelation of the Qur'an so that when the Qur'an is being revealed, shayateen cannot tamper with it. Likewise, once the Qur'an was revealed, it was preserved in the memories, in the hearts of people. It was preserved in the books, so that the Qur'an will not be lost, it will not be forgotten, it will not be altered. You know why Arabic language is a living language today? One of the main reasons is what? The Qur'an. Fusha, like pure Arabic language, it's unchanged. Despite the fact that it's been so many years. I mean, think about it. 1400, 1500 years almost. And it's unchanged. Any word that you want to know the meaning of, you'll find it. You open up classical Arabic dictionaries and you'll find so much detail on meaning. Poetry is preserved. So the original Arabic language with its culture is preserved. Why? Because of the Qur'an. إِنَّا نَحْنُ نَزَّلْنَا الذِّكْرَ وَإِنَّا لَهُ لَحَافِظُونَ And this is a fact. That the Qur'an is exactly how it was when it was revealed. Unchanged, unaltered, its words preserved, its letters preserved, its arrangement preserved, its meaning preserved. It's all preserved. Because Allah has taken the responsibility of preserving this book. Because after this book, no other book is coming. No other book is coming. No messenger is coming. So Allah took the responsibility of preserving this book. So no matter how much people have attempted, you know, in different ways, to finish the Qur'an, to erase it, to destroy it, they have attempted many times. Have they ever been successful? No. Never. But a time will come, towards the end of time, very close to the Day of Judgment, when people will not even know Allah, Allah. In hadith we learn, the Day of Judgment will occur when it will not be said anywhere, Allah, Allah. The name of Allah will not be known. La ilaha illallah will not be known. And Allah will take the Qur'an away also. Allah will take the Qur'an away also. Why? Because those will be the worst of people. And far from guidance. And you know that very close to the Day of Judgment, also the animal, Dabbatul Ard will come. Because there will be no human being to tell people what is good, what is bad. So a creature will come, Dabbatul Ard will come and will tell people, this is good, this is bad, do this, don't do this, believe in God. But people will not take any heed. So the Qur'an will also be taken away. You know, somebody was telling me that they had this elderly relative 
And every time, you know, people were worried that, oh, something has happened, there's been this blast or, you know, this catastrophe or this disaster has happened, he would rush inside, open up his mushaf and check. Are the words still there? If the words are there, it's not qiyamah. So don't worry. You understand? And if the words are not there, then you worry for yourself. If the Qur'an is taken away, then you worry for yourself. But if the Qur'an is still there, open up the mushaf, okay, it's there. So if it's not the day of judgment, something less than that, whatever it is, it will pass. It's not the end of the world, literally. So, إِنَّا نَحْنُ نَزَّلْنَا الذِّكْرَ وَإِنَّا لَهُ لَحَافِظُونَ If you think about it, the time when Qur'an was revealed, it's amazing how much opposition the Prophet ﷺ was facing. The Muslims were facing. Reading even an ayah of the Qur'an meant what? Asking for problems. But yet, despite that, the Qur'an is preserved. You know, Makki surahs. A sister, a Qur'an teacher was telling me recently that when children, when they start memorizing the Qur'an, what they generally do is that the teachers, they make them memorize the end part of the Qur'an first. So from Surah Qaf onwards. Why? Because the surahs are such that the ayat are very similar. They're very similar. And really if you think about it, I mean Surah Al-Tur, it's so similar to other surahs. You're reading one ayah and you get confused. Surah Al-Layl, Surah Al-A'la, so similar. Right? So she said that first that portion of the Qur'an we make them memorize. Because if they've mastered that portion, then later on, you know, memorization becomes easy. And it's making me think that these surahs were revealed where? In Makkah. Ayat that are so similar, surahs that are so similar, yet they were not mixed up. People were not confused. Oh, are these verses this surah or that surah? There was no such confusion. Each surah is preserved perfectly. Why? Allah took responsibility of preserving the Qur'an. وَلَقَدْ أَرُسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ And certainly we sent before you, meaning before Muhammad ﷺ, meaning many messengers we have sent before you. Where? فِي إِنْ شِيَعِ الْأَوَّلِينَ Shia, plural of Shia. Shia from Shiniya'in literally means adherence of a certain belief. Adherence of a certain belief. And you know, such group of people, all of whom adhere to one belief, then what happens is they also become a source of support for one another. So, Shia over here means communities, nations. Allah says, we sent many messengers before you. Where? Among the groups, the communities, al-awwaleen, the former ones, meaning people who came long time ago, even to them messengers were sent. But what happened with them? How were they treated? وَمَا يَأْتِيهِمْ مِنْ رَسُولٍ And no messenger came to them. إِلَّا كَانُوا بِهِ يَسْتَهْزِئُونَ Except that they ridiculed him. No messenger came to his people except that he was mocked at. He was ridiculed. The people made fun of their messengers. So just as Muhammad ﷺ was mocked at, he was called Majnoon and Sahir and Sha'ir, this is the norm. This is the norm. So if someone believes in the Akhirah today, makes Akhirah priority, of course, they will also be ridiculed. 
كَذَلِكَ نَسْلُكُهُ Thus do we insert it. فِي قُلُوبِ الْمُجْرِمِينَ In the hearts of the criminals. The word نَسْلُكُ سِينَ لَامْ كَافِ سَلَكَ يَسْلُكُ We've done this word earlier also. Basically means to insert, to put one thing inside the other. It also means to enter upon a path and continue on it. Okay, so for example, you turn into a street and then you walk in it, you drive in it. This is salaka. Because you've been admitted into it and now you are going on it. So, كَذَلِكَ نَسْلُكُهُ نَسْلُكُهُ We enter it, we admit it, what? Disbelief. فِي قُلُوبِ الْمُجْرِمِينَ In the hearts of the criminals. Meaning, how is it that disbelief enters the hearts of people? When they start mocking at their messengers. Because كَذَلِكَ It's connected with the previous ayah, right? When the messenger tells them, when he conveys to them, and they find it strange, they find it different, they find it weird, they make fun. When they make fun, you think they're going to accept it? No. They're not going to accept it then. Think about it. If a person ridicules something, makes fun of it for five years, you think he's going to go take it? He's going to go buy it? Like for example, if there is a person who is very anti-Apple products, okay, and they oppose them, they make fun of them, do you ever expect that they will purchase an Apple product? No. And if you find out that they have, you're like, what just happened? And people will say things like, is this a sign of the Day of Judgment or something? <laughs> Because it's so strange. It's almost unbelievable. That they were the ones who were making fun of this, and now they're choosing it, they're taking it. It's like impossible. Very rare it happens. So when people make fun of their messengers, when they ridicule the messengers, then are they going to believe? Very unlikely. Then what happens? Disbelief enters their heart. You know, it's like a virus. If it enters the body, then what happens? It spreads, right? And then it takes hold. And then sometimes it's treated, but still it remains. Cancer spreads, right? And then what happens? Cancerous cells sometimes, they're discovered many times years later. So, This is similar, disbelief. Once it enters the heart of people through mockery, by way of mockery, then may Allah guide them. كَذَٰلِكَ نَسْلُكُهُ فِي قُلُوبِ الْمُجْرِمِينَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ بِهِ They will not believe in it. Meaning no matter what they see now, no matter how they're explained, no matter who tells them, لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ بِهِ They're never going to believe. وَقَدْ خَلَتْ While in fact it has passed. Khalat from Khalam. Wow, it has already passed. What? Sunnatul awwaleen. The way of the former peoples. Sunnah. What does sunnah mean? Literally it means way. Method of doing something. Right? Which is why we call the way of the Prophet ﷺ sunnah. Because that was his way. That was his practice. So sunnah means way. Al-awwaleen of the first ones. Meaning... It's already known how the people of the past, when they disbelieved what they did, and when they behaved in that way, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dealt with them. People are not unaware of this. You already know what happened to the people of Ad, what happened to the people of Thamud, what happened to the people of Nuh alayhi That when disbelief infects a people, literally they're infected by kufr, then it's as though they're never cured. They're never cured. 
They don't seek the treatment. They don't seek to live a better life. They cling to their kufr, their disbelief. And then what happens? They don't believe at all. No matter what is shown to them. You know, it's amazing. Fir'aun saw the sea parted. Think about it. If you look with your own eyes, that the water is separated before you, hey, this is not normal. This cannot be the work of a magician. It cannot be the work of a human being, like you know, by himself. It has to have happened, because Allah caused it to happen. So, but yet Fir'aun, he disbelieved. Still he didn't change. Why? When someone is infected with kufr, he's not going to believe. لا يؤمنون به They will never believe in it. وَقَدْ خَلَتْ سُنَّةُ الْأَوَّلِينَ But don't think this is going to go on forever. You know what happens with people who live like this. وَلَوْ فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ And if we opened on them بَابًا A door مِنَ السَّمَاءِ From the sky. A door to the sky was opened. And through this door, they would go and see the angels and you know see everything that's in the ghaib. They saw everything with their own eyes. فَظَلُّوا فِيهِ And they continued in it. Meaning they entered through that door and they continued in it. They went on and they saw everything with their own eyes. فَظَلُّوا فِيهِ يَعْرُجُونَ يَعْرُجُونَ عَيْنْ رَاجِيمُ عُرُوج عُرُوج is to ascend, to go up. Meaning they continue to ascend and they continue to see the matters of the unseen. لَقَالُوا Surely they would say, إِنَّمَا سُكِّرَتْ أَبْصَارُنَا Our vision, our eyes are intoxicated. بَلْ نَحْنُ قَوْمٌ مَسْحُورُونَ Rather we are a people affected by magic. Meaning still they would refuse to believe. If they saw it with their own eyes, still they would come up with some excuse. Notice the word فَظَلُّوا ظَلُّوا is from the root letters ضَ لَام لَام What does ظِل mean? ظِل ظَ is for ظِل Shadow Good So when do you have shadows? When? At night time During the day Right? During the day And especially when the sun is up That is when you will have shadows If it's a cloudy day When you have overcast Then you don't really see Shadows. When the sun is there, there's nothing blocking it, then you see shadows. Right? So, فَظَلُّوا فِيهِ يَعْرُجُونَ ظَلُّوا means to continue to do something. As if in broad daylight, they saw everything with their own eyes. They ascended up to the heavens, to the sky, one sky after the other. You know, like the Prophet ﷺ went on Isra and Mi'raj. And he saw everything with his own eyes. If the people saw everything with their own eyes, لَقَالُوا They would say, إِنَّمَا سُكِّرَتْ أَبْصَارُونَ there's a, there's a problem with our eyes. سُكِّرَتْ سِينْ كَافْرَةً سَكَرَةً To be intoxicated. Our eyes are intoxicated. When someone is intoxicated, then what happens? Many times they, their vision is, you know, it's hazy, it's blurry. And they don't see things the way they actually are. You know, they think that a line is straight right in front of them. Okay, but it's actually a foot on their right or a foot on their left. But they think it's right in front of them. They think that they're walking on the straight line, but they're actually going sideways. You know when police are doing tests on people if they're under the effect of alcohol or not? So why is it that they're walking like crazy and you know not speaking correctly? Why? Because they're under the effect of alcohol. It affects your senses. And part of that is your eyes also. 
So they would say, our eyes are intoxicated and we're not seeing things the way they are. They would still refuse to believe. And they would say, بَلْ نَحْنُ قَوْمٌ مَسْحُورٌ مَسْحُورٌ from سحر. سحر is magic. Mas'hur, one who is affected by magic. That some spell has been you know, done on us and this is why we are seeing things. We are hallucinating. This is not real. So how can you convince a person when he says this? This is why Allah says, ذَرْهُمْ Leave them. Allah says, وَلَقَدْ جَعَلْنَا And certainly we have made فِي السَّمَاءِ In the sky بُرُوجًا Great stars. Buruj is the plural of Burj. بَرَجِيم And Burj literally means ظُهُور To be visible. And it is when something is visible from far. Do you know what the word Burj is also used for? A tower. Okay, Burj such and such, Burj such and such. If you ever go to an Arab country, you come across lots of Burj, right? Burj al-Arab, okay? So what is it? A tower. Why? Because you can see it from very far. Yes. Burj Khalifa, right? So Burj, same thing. Tower. Khalifa tower you can say. Okay? If you translate that. So you can see it from far. I mean, even if you're outside the city, still you can see it. So, Buruj, what does it refer to? Stars in the sky. Why? Because how many miles away are they from us? How far are they from us? So far. But still, they're visible to us. So Allah says, وَلَقَدْ جَعَلْنَا فِي السَّمَاءِ بُرُوجًا We have made in the sky, Buruj. Beautiful, big stars. وَزَيَّنَّاهَا And we have decorated it. Meaning decorated the sky. لِلنَّاظِرِينَ For those who look. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have made the sky plain at night time. Just black. That's it. Nothing else. Just black. But He placed the stars at a particular distance from us, at a particular time, so that now that the light of the stars reaches the earth, we view them as stars. And when we look at them, we find beauty up there. How kind is Allah? How kind is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That He placed things so far away at a certain time. Why? Just so that we see beauty. We see beautiful things. We're not covered by a scary, dark night sky. But even in that night sky, there is beauty so that we feel, you know, comfortable. We want to look up. Otherwise, imagine if it was just plain black. How much would we want to look up at the sky? We wouldn't. And if you just stare at the sky on a clear night, it's so beautiful. وَزَيَّنَّهَا لِلنَّاظِرِينَ نَاظِرِينَ All those who look, whether Muslim or not, whoever, you look up to the sky, you find it beautiful. وَحَفِظْنَاهَا And we have protected it, meaning the sky, مِن كُلِّ شَيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ From every expelled devil. So the stars, they are a means of beautification, and they are also a means of protection. How? What does that mean? وَحَفِظْنَاهَا مِن كُلِّ شَيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ Let's look at the next ayah and then you'll understand what I meant. Illa except man istaraqa, the one who steals. Istaraqa from sin raqaf. Sariq. Who is sariq? Thief. The one who steals a sam'a, the hearing, meaning what is heard by them. Fa'atba'ahu, so it follows him. What follows this shaitan? Shihabun, a flame that is mubeen, 
clear. Meaning a shooting star. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us the purpose of the stars. One is simple, beauty. From other places in the Qur'an we learn there are also a means of what? Guidance that you can tell which way is north, which way is south, which way is east, which way is west. And another purpose that we learn about from here is that they are also means of protection. Against who? Against the shayateen. In a hadith we learn that once the Prophet ﷺ, he saw when he was sitting with his companions a shooting star. And he asked his companions that what did you say in the days of Jahiliyyah when you saw a shooting star? This hadith is in Muslim. The Sahaba said, Allah and His Messenger know best, meaning what it actually is. But we used to say that when there's a shooting star, that means that a great man had been born or a great man had died. This is what we used to think. The Prophet ﷺ said, these stars are not shot because of the death of anyone, nor because of the birth of anyone. Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He decides to do something, then He commands the angels. And when He commands the angels, then the angels that are the carriers of the throne, they begin to do tasbih. They hear the command of Allah and they begin to do tasbih. Why? Out of fear and out of glorification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they begin to do tasbih. And then the angels that are below them, meaning at a lower level, they hear that tasbih, so they begin doing that tasbih. And then the angels that are below them in a level, they begin doing tasbih. So it carries on from one level to the other, all the way to the lowest heaven. So the, all the angels do tasbih. But they're just busy doing tasbih. So after, when that fear departs from them, they ask each other, what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? What command did He give? So when the news of that command, you know, from one level of the angels to the next, it reaches the angels of the lowest sky, shayateen, they go up there in order to listen. What are the angels saying? What has Allah commanded? What is supposed to happen tomorrow? What is supposed to happen regarding this matter? So they go up and steal the summer. They eavesdrop basically. And when they eavesdrop, then what happens? What happens? A shooting star is sent against that shaytan. Is sent against that shaytan. فَأَتْبَعَهُ شِهَابٌ مُبِينٌ So that that shaytan cannot run away with that news and cannot go and tell his other friends whether they are from among the jinn or from among the men and the news will not spread. But sometimes the shayateen, they manage to escape. They manage to survive the shot. Okay? And they come and tell their friends, sometimes from among the human beings, the soothsayers, the people who claim to have knowledge of the future, this is how they find out. They have shayateen friends who go up who listen to the angels. And they come and tell these people. And these people say, tomorrow this will happen. Day after tomorrow this will happen. Next year this will happen. They predict the future and they claim to be most knowledgeable. But they just got that information from someone that is mixed up with many lies. In a hadith we learn, and this hadith is in Bukhari, that once the Prophet ﷺ, he went with a group of his companions intending to go to a particular market. And when he stopped over there, it was a place that was far away. At Fajr time, he was reciting the Qur'an in salah. 
And there were jinn that were passing by and they heard his recitation. These jinn, they went before this incident happened, they went to their, you know, to their friends and they said that whenever we go up to the sky to hear, you know, there's strict security. Strict security. That every time we go up, we're pelted by these fireballs, by these shooting stars. So what's going on? So they were told by their other shayateen friends that something new has happened. So go and find out what has happened. It's got to be a very serious matter. So the shayateen, they spread everywhere in order to find out what was going on. And then a group of jinn, they passed by the Prophet ﷺ who was reciting the Qur'an in Fajr Salah. And they went back to their people and they said, you know what, it's this. It's this. The Qur'an is being revealed. The final book is being revealed. So when the Qur'an was being revealed, tight security. No shaitan could survive. But otherwise also, there is security up there, but it was not as tight as when the Qur'an was revealed. During the time when the Qur'an was being revealed. So, إِلَّا مَنِ اسْتَرَقَ السَّمْعَ فَأَتْبَعَهُ شِهَابٌ مُبِينٌ وَالْأَرْضَ مَدَدْنَاهَا And the earth, we have spread it. Allah has spread it. How? That you can walk on the earth for 50 years. Someone could drive, you know, for 100 years. A train could keep running and running for 100 years. But you could never reach the end of the world. You could never reach it. Why? Because the earth is not flat. How is it? It's a sphere. It's round. So madadnaha, no matter how much you go on it, you can never reach the end of the world. You know, it's like in cartoons you see, end of the world and then somebody pushes somebody off or, you know, disaster happens. There's nothing like that because madadnaha, we have extended it, we have spread it. وَأَلْقَيْنَا فِيهَا rawasi, And we have cast in the earth firmly pegged mountains, mountains that are deeply rooted that are holding the earth together, stabilizing the earth. وَأَنبَتْنَا فِيهَا And we have caused to grow in it. مِنْ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ مَوْزُونَ Every well-balanced thing. Back to the stars. Okay. You know how like, there's some times in the year when there's a lot of meteor showers and stuff? There is something for Yeah. So the question is that there are some times in the year when there's a lot of meteor showers. So yeah, Shalteen are trying to find out and they are being pelted. They're being shot at. Allahu A'lam, we don't know the unseen. But if we see something like that, realize that, yes, the shaitan is being shot. <laughs> One less shaitan, hopefully. وَالْأَرْضَ مَدَدْنَاهَا وَأَلْقَيْنَا فِيهَا رَوَاسِي وَأَنْبَتْنَا فِيهَا مِنْ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ مَوْزُونَ We have caused to grow in the earth everything that is mawzoon. Mawzoon is from the root letters wa zainun. Wazana, what does it mean? Wazan, wait. Now, what does it mean? That we have caused to grow in the earth every well-balanced thing. What grows from the earth? Vegetation, produce, trees, grass, etc. But what do we learn from here? That everything that grows in the earth, it is mawzoon. When something is weighed, okay, when something is weighed, it's put on a scale. And I want you to think about not your digital scale, okay, but a scale where, you know, there's two sides. Okay, so if you want something 
of 5 kilograms for instance then you put a weight of 5 kilograms on one side and then you put the object that you're weighing on the other side so when it's balanced then you know that what you've put is 5 kilograms you know what i'm talking about you know the kind of scale i'm talking about okay so when it is weighed when do you know the weight is accurate when there's perfect balance when there's perfect balance so what it means by mauzun is well proportioned balanced measured everything that grows from the earth it's not random it's not random no whatever grows from the earth it is according to a certain measure proportion maintaining a particular balance according to measured quantities you know for example a weed if you let it grow how tall can it grow okay maybe up to your height possible maybe even taller than you but can it ever become a tree no it cannot okay imagine if they could grow into trees what would happen to the yards of muslims in the month of ramadan imagine especially if month of ramadan is in the summer okay when you cannot regularly do yard work so imagine how many trees they would have in their yards okay but it's a blessing that a weed no matter how much you let it grow it can only grow up to a certain height okay it will never turn into a tree it cannot happen like that likewise apples if you leave them on the tree you don't pick them what will happen they will turn into giant massive apples no when they reach a certain size they'll fall right leaves when they grow do they keep growing and growing and growing and growing and growing to something really big no everything grows according to a certain measure according to a certain quantity and who determines that measure that quantity that balance Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is amazing if you start reflecting over this you won't know where to stop because there's perfect balance in whatever grows from the earth you know corn on the cob corn how many kernels are there on one cob so many many right and on one plant okay of corn how many will grow 1 2 3 maximum maximum okay but imagine if that one plant produced cobs as many as a tomato plant produces tomatoes how many you wouldn't know what to do with it you wouldn't know how much corn to eat right and it would be so difficult tomato is still easy you can eat it you can put it in a salad you can freeze it you can cook it you know you can do so many things but corn imagine if it grew like tomatoes it would be very difficult so for everything is a wazan is a balance and this can only be the planning of someone who is alim hakim وَجَعَلْنَا لَكُمْ فِيهَا مَعَايِشْ And we have made for you in the earth مَعَايِشْ Means of living, plural of مَعِيشَ مَعِيشَ is means of living, means of livelihood. So in this earth only, we have placed for you, we have put in this earth for you, so many things through which you are alive. In the sense that your food, your drink, and so much variety of what you eat, of what you drink, of what you wear, of what you live in. Ma'ayish, all your needs can be fulfilled with what Allah has placed in the earth. Woman, and also for those who 
لستم you are not له for it برازقين at all providers meaning in this earth we have also placed provisions for those whom you do not provide for why why do you not provide for them because you cannot afford because you could not it's beyond your capacity but allah feeds you and allah feeds them i was looking into uh, getting a pet recently okay and i wanted to have an idea of how to take care of that particular animal and uh, what kind of needs does it have and what are the costs that are associated with it and i watched a video tutorial in which they said that having this particular pet can cost up to $2000 a year and i'm like uh, i think that animal can survive even if i don't take care of it i'd rather give that $2000 in sadaqah okay because there are whatever so i decided not to but i was like $2000 a year to look after this creature and this creature if this was in the wild who's spending $2000 on it every year what insurance policy does it have which vet does it go to nothing who comes and gives food to it in a bowl nobody who is providing it allah azza wa jalla وَمَا لَسْتُمْ لَهُ بِرَازِقِينَ You think you're very mighty? You go and grow a plant and you take food from it and you think, oh wow, you're something. Allah provides you and He provides so many creatures. A blue whale can eat up to 200,000 kilograms of krill every day. If it was our job to feed fish to whales every day we would go crazy looking after a zoo is so expensive it's so costly yes bismillah assalamu alaikum i went yesterday island and i see a duck she's digging under the sand i don't know what she's eating she's eating something so my friend she has asking me what she's eating i say i have no idea allah alam I was recently reading about this type of bird. It's huge. Its win- wingspan is like 10 feet, but still it can't kill anything itself. It can only eat, you know, little bugs and things. But when it's really hungry and it needs to eat, um they're usually found in this place called Seal Island. And there's like thousands and thousands of seals everywhere. So what they do is that they fly far far into the water, like over the water, and they look for a great white shark on the surface. they lead that shark back to where the seals are and they point the shark to the weakest seal when that seal goes in the water the shark attacks it and they've like learned how the shark attacks so that they can go in and take the bits of meat it leaves behind unbelievable subhanallah it's amazing you know those video series by bbc the blue planet watch it please watch it please i think i should give that as part of your homework It's amazing. Amazing. There's so many creatures on the earth that we cannot count. We you know find out about an endangered species and we have to spend so much and we have to raise funds. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala is providing for the entire creation. Woman lastum lahu biraziqin. If it was left to you, those animals won't survive. because you would feed yourself instead of feeding them and you would get tired and bored you know like animals they're just abandoned by their owners because they don't want to take care of those animals anymore who is providing for the insects the animals in the depths of the oceans 
in the deepest darkest woods who's doing that when we learn about like ecology and stuff you learn about ecosystems you learn about the large ecosystems you know the eagle the hawk like the big birds of prey you know the wild cats things like that and then when you get to a smaller and smaller level to the small ecology that's happening within just like a pond right and within like a certain area of the pond you find that subhanallah everything is just so perfect it's the smallest things that we can't see like in the ocean photoplankton zooplankton things like that we can't even see yes. but they are fed on by small fish which are then fed on by other fish yes. and so on and so forth till the blue whale or till the shark yes. and it's subhanallah we can't even see any of this and yet it's happening constantly it's happening daily and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is running these perfect systems that you know a lot of the systems that we've destroyed but many of them that are still running and we can't like they're just on their own yes and even if we have managed to destroy some others have managed to survive or others have come about that reminds me because recently in the Mississauga news there was um, a story about how in Port Credit there's all these silver fish that are show, like coming up on shore and they're all dead and it's freaking out the residents but apparently this happens every year and the story said that they're originally saltwater fish and somehow they made their way over to the Great Lakes and they can live there but in the springtime or something because it's not their natural ecosystem they die but every year they still keep coming and they've adapted to a new you know ecosystem basically so woman lastum lahu biraziqin and risk doesn't just you know include food but also the habitat and you know so many things are included in this risk wa in min shay'in wa in and not min shay'in from anything meaning there is nothing illa except indana khaza'inu with us are its khaza'in khaza'in You know about this, right? We've done this many times before. Its depositories, its storehouses, its treasures basically are with us. Meaning, for everything are its stored reserves. وَمَا نُنَزِّلُهُ إِلَّا بِقَدَرٍ مَعْلُومٍ And we do not send it down except according to a qadr, according to a measure that is ma'loom, known. Known to who? Only Allah. So for example, If you have a big bucket full of water, okay? And with that, you are taking water out and you know watering your plants, for example. You know that eventually, this water bucket is going to finish. But when it's raining, you never think that, oh, so much water is falling down, it's getting wasted. We're going to run out of rain water. No, come on. It's not going to happen like that. You know that if it's rained this year, a lot, next year again, it'll rain. And Allahu alam how much snow we're going to get in this in the winter, right? So wamanun aziluhu. Allah subhanahu wa taala does not send one thing at once, everything at once. Here, this is all the water you're going to get your life. No, it's sent according to a qadar that is known to Allah, a decree, a measure that is fixed by Allah subhanahu wa taala. Sometimes we want that it should rain, but it doesn't. We want that it should not rain, but it does. We want that there should be a lot of rain, but there's very little rain. We want that there should be little rain, but there's a lot of rain. Allah knows what's going on. And it's for a reason that it's happening. بِقَدَرٍ مَعْلُومٍ And you see, إِمِّنْ شَيْءٍ There is nothing except that it comes according to a certain measure. So for example, the money that you have used in your entire life, think about it. How much money you think you have spent? For some people it could be almost a hundred thousand dollars. For others, it may be, you know, children even, 
How much money goes in their diapers and their food? If you start adding all of that up, it would be thousands and thousands of dollars over the course of 20 years, 25 years, right? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not give all that money to us in one day. That here, this is all the money you have. You're going to spend a total of $500,000 your entire life. And this is what you have. No. For every year, there's a fixed decree. This year you're going to get this much. This year you're going to make this much. This year you're going to make this much. Is there wisdom in this? Of course. Of course. You know, it's like when you get access to a bank account. Okay? Then what happens? You use the card. You have no idea how much you're spending. A friend of mine, their dad got them, you know, a bank account set up and put money in it. And said, so this way you don't have to keep asking me. And put a little bit of money in it. And then when they get the statement, they see there's only $5 left. What happened? Where did all the money go? I just spent it. I didn't realize. Okay? But when they get cash, then they can only spend that much. They can't spend more than that. But when you have plastic money, then you don't know what you're spending and what you're saving. So, وَمَا نُنَزِّلُهُ إِلَّا بِقَدْرٍ مَعْدُومٍ There is hikmah. Exactly. When the Qur'an was sent, even that was... Not sent all at once, but part by part. In one of my classes, we learned that to raise a child like in the current society, like here, up to age 18 costs about $180,000. Just till age 18, and that does not include their university tuition or anything after that. And you think that like new parents, like if you tell them that or people who are single or not married, they'd be like, I don't have that much money. But when you have kids, like Allah gives you risk, right? Yes. And even my dad, like he says, Allah gave me more because I have you guys. Yes. So Yes, that is so true. But when we learn about these figures, $180,000 to raise an 18-year-old kid who's going to go away, why bother have children? I'd rather spend that money on myself. Yes. So um, when we first had my brother, we didn't have many clothes for him because we weren't like uh, prepared for him. But when um, he did come, there were so many gifts and presents that now if you look at, we have like three suitcases full of just like baby clothes and like blankets and stuff. So وَمَا نُنَزِّلُهُ إِلَّا بِقَدْرٍ مَعْلُومٍ Recitation of these ayat. لَوْ مَا تَأْتِينَا بِالْمَلَائِكَةِ إِن كُنْتَ مِنَ الصَّادِقِينَ مَا نُنَزِّلُ الْمَلَائِكَةَ إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ وَمَا كَانُوا إِذَا مُنْظَرِينَ إِنَّا نَحْنُ نَزَّلْنَا الذِّكْرَ وَإِنَّا لَهُ لَحَافِظُونَ وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ فِي شِيَعِ الْأَوَّلِينَ وَمَا يَأْتِيهِمْ مِنْ رَسُولٍ إِلَّا كَانُوا بِهِ يَسْتَهْزِئُونَ كَذَلِكَ نَسْلُكُهُ فِي قُلُوبِ الْمُجْرِمِينَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ بِهِ وَقَدْ خَلَتْ سُنَّةُ الْأَوَّلِينَ 